We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. The following content contains explicit sexual content and noises, so be aware before blasting this at work, in your car, or in front of minors. We have partnered with Organ House, a Bay Area community devoted to normalizing non-monogamy and sexual exploration. They pride themselves in a strong culture of consent and safety, and we want to make sure that message is heard throughout this piece, whether you end up at a play party or through your own dating life. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. We just came back from a play party. 
And what's a play party? It's where people go fuck. <laughs> it was a sex party. We've been waiting for this to happen for months and months and months. So it's, you know, Julie and I had like sex party on our calendar for a very long time. A good thing we didn't share that calendar with any of our relatives. But we just came back from one and it was a success. We also brought someone with us. Her name is Natalie. First time sex party goer. She's 32 years old, grew up in the South, and she's been living in the Bay Area for the past 10 years, single and ready to mingle. Hi, Natalie. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, sunshine. (laughs) Let's take everyone through the steps of what happens pre, during, and post a play party. Before the party began, we found Natalie and you know, we were like at brunch, I think, and we met Natalie and we we're like, you know, we're, we might be going to this sex party sometime this month. And she was pretty curious. Do you remember that conversation? I do. Uh, I have heard about sex parties for a while now. And so it totally piqued my interest when you guys brought it up. And then let's talk through what you thought about when we when we brought up this idea of going to the sex party and recording maybe your experience there? It's been kind of a a roller coaster of feelings. Like, (laughs) should I really do this? Do I know what I'm getting myself into? Uh, Is this going to be something that I can never unsee? (laughs) (laughs) So leading up to it, there were, there were a lot of questions and some apprehension of like, is this going to be my scene? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's probably the normal set of questions that everyone goes through. And just to give you guys some background, a few seasons ago, we had Ben and Kate on one of our episodes talking about polyamory and non-traditional uh, relationships. And they're a married couple. They are poly. And they throw these ginormous sex parties. And they used to do this at their house. And you know, at like capacity of like 80 people, but now it's gone beyond like 200 people with their group organ house, with their group organ house. So they, um, expanded into this much bigger space and that's where we were at last night. So before you went to the party, you had a conversation with Kate on the phone. Here's a clip of that. Hi, my name is Kate Horowitz, and I'm one of six hosts of the organ house events. Um, first, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. We have this conversation with every single member who attends our private events. The goal of this call is to go over our party's consent culture, your responsibilities as a guest, and also to make sure they answer any questions that you have. So let me first start this by letting you know a little bit more about Organ House and what it is that we do. Um, Organ House is an organization that throws monthly public and private events for the non-monogamous community and anybody curious about non-monogamy. You're on this call because you've been invited to one of our private events. And our private events are play parties, which basically means that this is a sex party. You can do almost anything you want here, as long as you're doing it in a mutually consensual way that is respectful of the venue and the space and boundaries of the people around you. Organ House is not just a sex party, though. This is a community of really wonderful people. This is not a club where you're going to come and meet a lot of anonymous people that you're never going to see again. So it's a little different from other sex parties that you might have gone to or heard of before. We welcome people of all gender, relationship, and kink orientations. And that means people might have radically different ideas about what gender means to them than what it means to you or I. Our members have pretty diverse preferences. Some people identify as polyamorous. Some people identify as swingers. 
Some folks are monogamous and they're just here for the party because it's really good, if I do say so myself. You do not have to participate at all. You are more than welcome to just come, keep all your clothes on and check it out. You know, meet people, uh, make friends and see if this is something that you'd like to try in the future. We like to describe this as a zero expectation, high possibility environment. Nobody is guaranteed anything by attending, but anything can happen. So my goal is just to throw a great house party with good music and good people and everything else is a bonus. They kind of give you the ground rules for participating in these parties. And the most important aspect is this aspect of affirmative consent, that you should only move forward with someone if you're totally comfortable, they're totally comfortable, and you verbalize that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a really cool principle beyond just a sex party. Yeah. Um, and it's something that our society doesn't actively teach people. So that was one element of the community that I thought was um, really important and, and a good thing. Yeah. So you had a few months to prepare because we thought we were going <laughs> to that sex party right away, but it took us a while. How did you prepare for the night that finally happened? Well, uh, when we first started talking about this, they added me to the Facebook group. So I just was reading the posts that they were putting up and kind of getting a sense of what the people in the community were interested in and talking about. And it was definitely a kinkier world than I have been (laughs) part of in the past. Um, And, uh, you know, just being open and reading reading stuff about that they posted or, um, you know, that other websites and stuff on the Internet about non-traditional relationships um, and and just kind of getting an idea of what philosophy is behind that. And uh, it's really interesting stuff. But most importantly, what were you going to wear? I think that was definitely all question. I mean, Natalie, it's great. We're talking about this like philosophical, you know, like (laughs) conversation behind sex parties. But honestly, you were like, what am I going to wear? So what were some outfit choices and what did you end up going with? Well, at one point I went to, I went to like a lingerie store and was thinking about buying this sort of see-through top with a bra underneath and... Um, a high-waisted skirt. I thought that was sexy, but, um, you know, you have to go to a pre-party before you go to the actual party, or you don't have to. <laughs> and I thought that, so I need to dress in a way that I could go to the first party. So right. I just, I went with a short, classic black dress, um, and I had on, you know, like, cute panties and cute bra underneath, but uh, it wasn't, like, the focus wasn't lingerie. Right. And this one was a James Bond theme as well. So they're themed right. usually, which kind of does help out a little in terms of costume ideas. Yes. Like I know they've done like Roaring Twenties or something like that too. Right. About an hour before the party began, I came and found you as you were getting ready. Yes. And here's a little clip from that. Interviewing Natalie right before the sex party. She's already um, on a bed, so <laughs> you're already prepared. How are you feeling? I guess I'm a little apprehensive because I have no idea what to expect, but um, I can't believe it's finally here. I feel like we've been waiting to do this for a while. So we're about an hour before the party starts. There's a pre-party. What are some things that you're worried about right now? I really don't want to see a lot of balls slapping. Balls slappage. That's your number one worry. Yeah, that's it. Is there anything you did to prepare for tonight? I showered. 
<laughs> and did all the normal things you do when you shower, including shaving, landing strip. There's a little more than that. <laughs> well, I think I'm about to find out. <laughs> we'll see. I actually was thinking you should. You're the, really the only person I don't want to see me having sex. <laughs> if I do catch you having sex, I just won't tell you I saw you. How's that? Until tomorrow morning. <laughs> Surprise! Girl, I didn't know you liked it like that. As long as there's no eye contact during, <laughs> we'll be good. Okay, so then it's time for the pre-party. We So it's me, Natalie, and Julie in an Uber going to Oakland for a sex party pre-party. I think the, the Uber driver was just like, what the what fuck the are fuck? you guys doing? And in the beginning, the three of us were so good about keeping it vague. We're like, oh, do you think it's going to happen? Who do you think is going to be there? And then it was like... Are you gonna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this Uber driver just had his headphones in. He's like, I don't know, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And what's then we showed going up on. at like the diviest bar. Also, we're like, is this where we're supposed to get off? And I actually think that was part of like the most memorable experience of the night too, because the dive bar. You walk in. I just expected everyone was there for the sex party, but the front room <laughs> definitely did not fit. I think there was the like a baseball game going on. Yeah. I realized it was like very like. It was bar, like all these like, lumberjacks yeah, in the front like, room it was very, and like, like flannel bar shirts. Guys, you bar know? guys. And like girls too. Like, But we're like, is this the people for this play party? But then we went to the back room and then it became a lot more clear because people were dressed in things that looked James Bond-ish. Yes. At least they flannel were shirts. in like, yeah. Yeah, beyond <laughs> flannel shirts. And what did we? What happened there? There was like a lot of things that happened. First of all, we scoped out the room. Right. Like, okay, this could happen. That it was could good to ease in that way. It I was think. definitely good to ease in that way. What we <laughs> noticed was a lot of people were showing up as a couple. Yep. Right. And they were like flirting and talking, socializing as a couple. And one woman came up to us. She's married, but her husband was talking to someone else. And she came over and kind of told us like everyone is here as a lot of them are here as couples, but they do do, you know, independent activities mm -hmm. at a sex party at, but at the pre-party it's like the foreplay to the sex party. Anything else happened there? <laughs> the, the closest I got to, uh, probably to hooking up with anyone <laughs> was at the pre-party <laughs> and a lumberjack like man came up to me and just kind of stared me down in the eyes and kind of grabbed me by the jacket and Shook me around. Uh, but we all thought he was coming to the party. We yeah. did. We did. That, like, really awkward interaction, like, are you guys here for the Are you here for the party? What party? Right. Oh, yeah, I'm here for the No, we're not on the same page at all. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> definitely not here for the party. But he saw Natalie across the room and just had to come and talk to her. So... Uh, you know, Julie and I were thinking, oh my gosh, what if she found the one at a sex party pre-party dive bar? But then we kind of pushed the envelope a little bit and we was like, okay. I was totally impressed with UA's ability to get the information out of him, which was that he had a girlfriend. And Yes. Uh, yes. He kept lingering yeah, and Yeah, well, we made a comment. I think this is interesting. We made a comment. If we had run into him at the play party yeah. where he was there with his girlfriend, it would have been totally It would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. But here, like in this context, it was like awkward. It was wrong. And yeah. he was like, oh, he kept saying, oh, I have a girlfriend and we are in a committed relationship. To me, that meant 
monogamous relationship, right. right? But at a play party, nobody would ever say that. Right. Nope. It was su- such an interesting be context like, oh, to be honey, in. honey, go do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> so n- around 9.30 rolls around. Yep. We're ready to go to the party that's right around the corner. I feel good. Uh, I feel a little bit um, apprehensive still, right? That's the word I used earlier. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And we walk in. Let's describe what we're seeing, Natalie. Okay, so you walk in, and the first open space is the one public space in the in the building. Mm-hmm. Then there's people kind of hanging around, but then you kind of meander down this hallway and into the sex cavern. <laughs> <laughs> and there's um, there's beds and uh-huh. sheets and chairs and sex contraptions yes. uh, was it the dungeon throughout. room that was new that they mentioned and yeah the- so the there was a main room and then you go through like a miniature hallway and it opens up into this like dungeon room and they they kept saying like this is the new area this has never been built before and the dungeon room just had all these uh, contraptions I yeah. had never seen before, and it was I was super curious what people were going to do. It looked with like them. an electric chair in there, like it did. where you tie mm-hmm. someone, yeah, someone down. Yeah, it's like like a like one of those like like medical seats too. Yeah, oh, the OBGYN <laughs> seats. Oh yeah, getting a pap smear. Yeah, and a different <laughs> different experience. <laughs> but I think what was interesting, at least for me, when I heard like this like community space, like. I kind of felt like, oh, this feels a little unsexy. Yeah. But, like, what was interesting, they, um, Ben, one of the hosts, told mm-hmm. us that basically this space has been bought by people in this community, and that's what it's primarily for at this point. And they really have, like, done, like, an amazing job with the space. He really, they really did. It was such, like, it felt like a... Um, I don't know. It felt like a house party in a way. Yeah. Because it was very intimate. But then it was like an elaborate house party. With right. With like decorations and sex the music contraptions. music was like pretty like, there was like EDM, but it was like pretty chill. Like yeah. It wasn't like rager, but it was, yeah. Some of you are going to wonder about the logistics and also like the cleanliness and the safe sex oh, yeah. aspect of, of the sex party. So these are things we noticed. There were condoms everywhere. I don't think I found a corner without condoms. Nope. Lube and condoms everywhere. Cleaning products everywhere. Those like disinfectant wipes were everywhere. Also, there was a woman who was in charge of making sure everything was clean all the time. So she like went around and cleaned the apparatuses and she like changed, changed the sheets. So I would say they were as clean as they could get. Well, someone mentioned like people that are so sexually active tend to be very like clean and yeah. like concerned with cleanliness because it's so like top of mind and so concerned with STDs, which the questions and topics people ask here are actually things that people don't really ask like just out in the bowder on a Tinder date. Yeah. One of the things when you're talking about consent, what I noticed was when we're in the dungeon room, a girl came up to another girl and said, can I touch your butt? Yeah. Did you hear that? And the girl was like, oh, yeah, sure. It was like so much consent yep. even between same sex. But even know? when we met the girl, we met one girl, we saw another girl down there that we had met at the pre-party. And she even asked because she at this point was like in her lingerie yeah. more. And she asked, like, can I hug you guys? Yeah. Like it wasn't just like and we had just like hugged and like met her like. 
10 minutes earlier at this like bar in a very different context. I'm just so not used to have that sort of uh, behavior, you know, to, to, to ask for permission for yeah. everything. But that's how it is at a play but party. But I think what Kate was saying when you don't have clothes, when people don't have clothes on or less clothes, even like a small touch can feel very elevated. Yeah, that's true. So that's why like the hugging even needed consent. I actually realized when I was walking through the big crowd before anybody was really naked, that I had placed my hand on someone's back and kind of scooted by them. And I thought to myself immediately oh. after I did that, like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh. Because because they yep. don't know who I am and it was from behind. And Yep. So That's true. That's true. You just have to be more conscious yeah. than you would normally. As with any house party, in the beginning, not that many people are there. So we're seeing like very diverse people coming in, trickling in. Some are in costumes, some are in lingerie, and some people are just naked already. And some people are in like more standard clothes, like we were like dresses and pants. Yes, yes. Can we talk about what men were wearing a little more? Because I know that people <laughs> have had that question when oh, I yeah. told people is like, Okay, I get what women can wear with lingerie, but what about the guys? What do they wear to this type of thing? I felt like most of the men, uh, most of them wore just like normal clothes or like tuxes or something like that with like bow ties and ties. Yep. But then a lot of them put a lot of thought into their underwear. Yeah. I've never seen so much unique men's underwear. <laughs> Well, the, actually, the most striking guy was the guy in just a normal pair of boxers walking around, <laughs> and they were kind of oversized and puffy, and looked like he was walking to his door to get the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> there were, like, some guys, like, that had, like, the blazer, yeah, and then, like, more of, like, there was some, like, I mean, combo briefs, boxers, like, yeah. all sorts of things, and then some people that just weren't wearing anything at all. It was like straight out of Magic Mike. Everyone looked like they belonged in Magic Mike. Yeah, but I mean, also some of it was the theme too, right? That's true. Yeah. The, the interesting thing was it was uh, one of the hallways before you really get into the party. It has a bunch of cubicles, and so like anywhere if you go to a yoga class, oh, you put yeah. your shoes yeah. in. Yeah. By the an hour into that party, the cubicle was so full. Packed yeah, with clothes because everyone just like drops their stuff. Yeah, so just, people like, just explore. disrobe right there. Yeah, layers and layers of clothes. There were some women in straight up gowns, like yeah, ball gowns. Well, they were definitely taking the James Bond theme very, literally, very literally. So yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Also, I also saw a lot of women who do who did, did some like wardrobe changes throughout the mm. night. Some came in like a dress. And then midway through, they were in lingerie, and then they were, like, in a lacy dress, and then they were, like, in a post-party dress. I don't know. There was just, like, a lot of wardrobe changes. You have to bring a lot of shit to a sex party. I didn't realize. <laughs> but the great thing about this party was everybody pretty much showed up by 9 o'clock, right? Like, Yeah. You, someone made a comment, like, this is the only party that people actually get here on time. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to get there for the consent speech, yep. which was given by co-host, Alice. So here's a clip of that consent speech. I have a very important speech that I would like to give before this party happens. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank everybody for being here. There's a shitload of you here right now that is awesome. <laughs> so to begin with, I'd like to go over some crowd rolls before, uh, before we get started. You can do almost anything you want here, so long as you do it in a mutually consensual way that's respectful of the space around you and the people around you. You also don't have to play to be here. You can just be here, keep your clothes on, and have a good time. Now please only act on enthusiastic consent. Fuck yeah! 
That's what that sounds like. And please don't be afraid to say no if somebody asks you to do something. Please be polite in saying no, and please be polite in hearing no. Please don't ask somebody for an explanation or keep asking over and over again. You can revoke your consent at any time. Uh, we purposefully cultivate an environment where you can test your boundaries, and sometimes you find them. Make sure that you've prepared ahead of time to be able to say no, I want to stop now, when you're three lashes in and strapped up on the cross for what sounded like was going to be an awesome time and then actually turned out not to be. Uh, and consent is always conditional on the participant's ability to revoke their consent. Um, I'd also really like to say I see a lot of new faces here, and I love that. Uh, we're a community, and we're an awesome group of people. And more than this being a sex party, it's a bunch of people that want to come together and be there for each other. So reach out to each other. Say hi to each other. Get to know somebody new tonight. And uh, beyond that, get naked and have a great time. So then we were introduced to Peaches. Our sex party Sherpa, she was amazing. She gave us a rundown of pretty much exactly by the minute what happens. Here's a clip of that. Uh, I'm Peaches. Uh, sex Sherpa, sexy done mother, also is a name that I go by. The role that I was born to play. What's, like, what's some advice you give to someone who's never been to a sex party so they host their own orientations and then whenever I bring people I make them attend my orientation <laughs> and I tell them uh, I tell them if it's your first sex party come with the expectation that you're not going to play just come with the expectation that you're and you might not even stay the whole time you're gonna observe you're gonna make new friends you're gonna treat it a lot like any other party where some people happen to be naked and fucking um, and then if you really feel comfortable with it and you feel called to interact with people and play, maybe with your partner or maybe with a couple new people, then do it. But if you come in with the expectation like, okay, I'm at a sex party, I have to have sex, I've got to, I've got to find people to have sex with, who wants to have sex with me, uh, you're going to have a really bad time. So just like there's no such thing as taking it too slow, there is such thing as taking it too fast, and these happen every month. So there's no need to rush. Give us that breakdown, the timeline breakdown of what happens every time. Okay. Love that. All right. So this is one of the only parties where it's called for nine and everyone shows up at nine. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. yeah. Everyone gets here at nine because you don't want to miss the consent speech. So nine o'clock, everybody gets there. Um, people are in their clothes and it looks a lot like any other party except that there is one naked guy when you get here. Ellis is naked immediately every single time. Um, which is just wonderful. He's a wonderful naked man. And sometimes one other naked guy. Uh, but other than that, it looks like a normal party and people are kind of mingling and a little bit awkward, sticking with their friends, starting to kind of look around who's here. Uh, the consent speech usually happens by 9.30 and then it's like, that's like kind of the bell of like, all right, like the gong, party's happening. Uh, but still, people are getting warmed up. So 9.30 to 10.30, people are starting to take off their costumes and they're in their sexy lingerie, whatever that means to them. And you'll start to see some people playing in the corners. Some couples will start playing. And then around, around 10, 10.30, 11, um, 
you'll start to see couples fucking and maybe they're involving groups of threes, maybe groups of four. And then between like 11 to midnight, things start to really pick up steam. A lot of the horizontal space gets covered. Um, between midnight and 2 a.m., it's like fuck fest. Um, <laughs> Uh, like a lot of naked people, the lingerie's been thrown in a corner. Um, groups of two, three, four, five, six, maybe, uh, will be playing with each other. You'll hear a lot more noises. You'll hear moaning and slopping sounds, and people getting spanked, and the smells will shift. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's really hard to find horizontal space at that point. It's uh, There will always be people at the bar getting snacks, carb loading in between sessions, um, getting some <laughs> drinks, rehydrating. And then from 2 a.m. to whenever, it kind of starts to die down. And then it's like the like the, the people who are going to be up all night. And uh, it gets a little bit quieter. But then there's still some really interesting stuff going on. Um, and that's how it goes every single time. It's exactly the same. So as the party's getting started... I was hungry. I need to get in on that cheese platter. We talk to people who've been to sex parties and they're like, the, sometimes the food is really good. So get in on that food. We were by the cheese platter listening to people talking. It was just great people watching. And we kind of let Natalie roam off on her own. And Julie and I went to a different room and started talking to the various party goers that came. And there were a lot of couples that were willing to talk to us. Here's some clips of the couples we met. So we are a couple who live together and we are non-hierarchical polyamorous. Non-hierarchical polyamorous. What does that mean? Is that right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, well, it means that like we're basically free to negotiate commitments with anyone in our life in a way that is respectful for everyone, but is not like... I think the thing we're trying to avoid is you're my girlfriend, and therefore there are rules about exactly who we're allowed to meet and at what times. Yeah, we we don't let anything in our relationship dictate ahead of time the scope of any future relationship. That being said, that all sounds pretty out there. Most of the time, we're just a regular couple. Like, I don't know, we like cook shit in the Instant Pot and like, I don't know, talk about our jobs and stuff. It's pretty normal. And what are your expectations when you come to a sex party together? I'm just happy if I can stay out past midnight. I'm like kind of a morning person. So um, we just like to meet people, have fun. Um, it's a great way to find attractive people in the dating world. And how many sex parties have you, have you guys been to? Like low double digits. Like not exactly sure the number, but around there, right? Yeah, and mostly Oregon House. Sometimes we meet really cool people. Both of us have like dated people for more prolonged periods who we met at play parties. But also, sometimes we just talk to some friends for a bit, maybe have sex with each other, and then go home. Like, it can really, it can really vary. Give us your background. What, what's your relationship? So uh, we've been together a little over nine years. We met back in college. And we were monogamous for, I think, the first four, four years. And then we started to open up, and so we've had an open relationship since then. 
Well, how does sex parties, how does that play into your relationship? Honestly, it's a... Uh... We're still kind of easing into the scene. So we've been to three of these parties so far, and we so far have only had sex with each other. Uh, it's nice to just kind of be in a room with a lot of people who are non-monogamous, because I'm like, this isn't a thing I can really talk about at work, you know? What? You don't talk about non-monogamy at work? <laughs> No, it's like, but it's like this important thing in my life that I'm spending a lot of mental and emotional energy trying to figure out, but I can't really talk about it with a lot of people who are in my life. So it's really nice to have found this community where everybody is so open and friendly about it, and you can just kind of talk to people openly about. Yeah, like, here are the challenges in our open relationship. Like, how do you guys deal with that? And your third time here, the last two times you only had sex with each other, did you guys talk about expectations for today, for tonight? On the way here, the thing that we discussed was, okay, our goal is to talk to three new people. <laughs> and, like, maybe something will happen. But, like, the basically the goal is to try to expand our social net and get more comfortable, like talking to people who that we who we think are hot not necessarily like a sexual goal what would you say to a couple who's here at a sex party for the first time i would say don't assume anything about your partner or anyone else you're going to be interacting with and be be solicitous of how they're feeling like ask questions yeah definitely ask for and pursue what you want but don't make assumptions that you're going to get it and then there were some single people who came with friends and what happens for you typically at a sex party? I find my most enjoyment by making new connections with people, and that doesn't involve necessarily involve sex. Maybe we don't even like take our clothes off at all. To maybe we play and touch a little bit. All of my deepest emotional connections have truly. Some of them have truly like. Uh, been evolved from like sex parties and we do other things other than just go to sex parties like yeah like go out to lunch <laughs> like like get brunch like <laughs> go to normal shit <laughs> so what do you think about tonight do you think you're gonna you're gonna have sex with someone tonight I go into these honestly even when I have a partner I go into these on like when the headspace like I don't expect like, no expectations, high probability. That's always been my way of thinking. And, like, honestly, if, if I'm expecting sex, I end up having the least fun because I'm expecting it too much or I'm putting too much pressure on myself. And that, that's, that's not when I have a good headspace. So I like to just, just let the night flow the way it's going to flow. And if I have sex, great. If I don't, great. Like, it's still yeah, a good time. It's still a good time. This is this right now. You can't see what's happening right now, but this party right now is lit. Is yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Trust, honey. Trust. Yes. <laughs> and then there were some words of advice from two of the co-hosts. Here's Ben. Uh, ben, your jacket is off. Is the shirt coming off soon too? Really warm. Yeah, it'll, it's all coming off pretty soon. I mean, I'm guessing you want to participate in your own party. The honest truth is that 
the more successful your party is and the more strangers are here, the less you get to participate. So the likelihood of me participating tonight is very low. Talk to a lot of couples who've yeah. come together. What is like the general consensus here? Do most couples come and they just play with each other or what do you see happening the most? We see a lot of everything and I and it's a very individual decision and it changes for people depending on where they are in their relationship, what they're feeling like that night. And one of the ways that we're fundamentally different from a swingers party is that there's no expectation that it's going to be like two couples swapping partners because it just doesn't work very well. So people do their own thing. And I mean, you can tell there's a lot of people here that are just chatting. <laughs> and then here's Ellis. So basically you got naked before everybody else. Is this sort of like a tradition for you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much naked 100% of the time, every time that I can be. Do people recognize you with pants on? Oftentimes not. It's been a very serious problem in my life that people will not actually recognize me with clothes on. <laughs> Any words of advice for people coming here for the first time? It's not nearly as intimidating as you think that it is. Uh, it's entirely possible to just come here, keep your clothes on, and not have some creepy person come up to you and make you feel really uncomfortable. And in fact, it's mostly just like any other party that you've been to, just you're allowed to have sex and express sexuality here in a way that you're not allowed to in almost any other circumstance. And does your nine-inch penis have anything to say? As its lawyer, I, uh, I have to stop this line of questioning. <laughs> so as Julie and I are in the front room talking to party goers, what happened to Natalie? We want to know, <laughs> what were you doing in the other room? Because we didn't follow you around the whole time. Um... There was, a, there was a time that I was talking to a couple um, and, you know, just talking about their experience at parties and um, I was doing my own little journalistic uh, <laughs> endeavor. Um, I walked around, but it was definitely, I didn't necessarily feel totally comfortable just standing in the middle of the room without knowing anybody. And mm -hmm. I guess... That gets to a point, which is this really is a community. Mm -hmm. And so many of the people in the room knew each other, had, um, you know, relationships that predated that party. And you got the sense that to really be part of the community, you needed to know people. Or at least come to more of these events. Right. Right. Because it did feel like a lot of people knew each other and they knew each other very well, but they do, they're so welcoming of they are, yeah. and they kind of like, you know, let me show you around. But when the party starts, you know, they have their own business to do too. Right. But also I feel like a few people mentioned that they wouldn't necessarily like hook up or play with um, a newbie, mm -hmm. which and was that's, an interesting And that's part. what we heard from a lot of the couples and the people, you know, a lot of the party goers said, if you come, you know, the first time here, don't expect to play. Don't expect to get action. You're just here trying to take it all in. Acclimate. Yeah. Acclimate is a great word for that. So you're walking around. You met a couple. You're, you know, just trying to take in everything that's happening. Describe to us what you're seeing. Um, <clears throat> well, I think right after the consent speech, people started to engage and so um there was a woman who had been naked basically since she walked in the door and she gets on the stage and spreads her legs and puts her arms up and starts getting whipped um and she had these big welts on her body yeah 
And and obviously, like you mentioned, there's men walking around naked, just lots of penis everywhere. <laughs> Which was cool. A lot of big penises. But I guess it's self-selecting. I guess it is. Wow. Yeah, we were kind of We were very impressed by the size and girth of the penises walking around. And of course, the men that they belong to. But not not to say that all sizes are welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, but it was definitely like, it didn't disappoint. (laughs) What else? What else were you saying? It was a carnival for the eyes. Um, There were... People being tied up, um, you know, just the middle section where there was basically an orgy going on. And at some point, we walked up the stairs and kind of got an overhead view of yes. this, which was actually kind of cool. But it was different than watching porn. I think that was a striking mm-hmm. thing is it, 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 it felt different. I don't know how to say... Well, all your senses are being stimulated at this point. I mean, when you're watching porn, you don't really know what's going on in that room. But Well, you're through a screen, too, right? You're through a screen. You're you're anonymous. So there's there's, um, a feeling of, like, you're watching someone else without without their permission in right. a way. And both of you said you were really uncomfortable watching other people. we had like a top area <clears throat> the three of us were standing in and like a guy joined us too and was kind of watching as well. Yeah. But like we felt like awkward. Like I felt like I was like shouldn't be watching but then I'm like this is why people are here. Exactly. And we asked Ben about it and he's like no people like to be watched. It's totally cool. At some point I just want to grab some popcorn I wanted to watch. It was just <laughs> like so entertaining because in the beginning, there was just a lot of foreplay, a lot of like whipping and tying up. But then probably half an hour later, people were fucking. There yeah. was definitely penetration. Yep. And in that main room, when you have a bird's eye view, you see like six or seven couples going at it. And the configurations change pretty much by the second. And it's just really a feast for your eyes right. <laughs> the entire time. I remember going down there to talk to Ben at some point. And he's like fully clothed and he's running around. He's like trying to make sure everyone's having fun at this party. And this couple behind him is going so hard that his body is vibrating because he's sitting <laughs> on the same bed, but still trying to have a very normal conversation with me. And this couple's just like, oh, uh, uh, going at it. I'm like, wow, this would never happen anywhere else. Well, and I will say in a way, it wasn't that weird. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that weird to see other people having sex. I don't know. It just... Right. I thought it would be more strange, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but why is that? Be- because your expectations were there, right? You knew people right. were having sex. Exactly. Exactly. I also thought what was really interesting about the whole experience was it was really empowering for women. I kept seeing women initiate yep. and bringing different men. There was one girl in the main room. She had like six men on her. And every guy that walked by, she'd be like, join join she was like the queen bee right there like yep. come join us and then she'd be like okay you're done <laughs> she had like six men on her like touching every crevice on her body it's pretty much amazing nice. <laughs> and what what happened to you natalie i i still don't know what what really happened well, <clears throat> I think that uh, my my role was mostly as voyeur. Like I was watching, I was observing everything. So, I mean, I don't mean to disappoint anyone, but I didn't <laughs> There was did, no penetration. There was no no not even kissing, um which I felt like I would definitely be down for. Um but like I said, I think it takes 
time to get to know a community. And really, I mean, you, you don't just walk up to someone and start having sex with them or making out with them unless you've been making eye contact all night. So, you know, you, you needed to build yeah. a relationship. And I think probably because this it was totally new, it was hard to even really be comfortable flirting with someone. Um, I don't know if that would be the case if I went a second time, but certainly that first time you're just kind of overwhelmed with all of the newness, all of the everything yep. and, and how does this operate and what are people going to be doing throughout the night? But that was in line with what everyone said too. Right. Like they were actually like a lot. I was surprised how everyone was like, I think when you go in with your expectations that you're going to have sex, it's actually not met. And mm-hmm. that's like kind of like a misnomer that that happens necessarily every time. And like most times it's actually like does take that time. And like one woman was saying that like every time she meets someone and then when she sees them the next time, then it like kind of opens that door. So and, and who was it that told us um, most people who go to these sex parties are introverts? Yeah, and that it was takes them a while yep. to come out. And one of the things that really helped with the awkwardness in the social situation was the people getting naked. Yep. When people are naked, you just have like no wall, <laughs> literally no but it's wall. It's kind of like any party or any community. Like if everyone knows each other and you're coming in fresh, there's an yeah. adjustment period, and I think that's what happened. And the more you get to know people, like even the women we talked to next time if we were to go back, we could see them again and then they could introduce us to people. It's kind of like just typical parties. Yeah, very typical. And what um, one of the other things I noticed from the party was that there was something happening pretty much every corner. Even if you go to the bathroom, which was yep. an all gender bathroom, people are making out in there, showering together. I actually walked in and this girl was like, oh, she was talking to someone else. She's like, do you remember us showering together last time? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that could be an area yeah. where you meet and socialize too. People were in the sauna together. It was like a lot of things happening. But that being said, like, I feel like people were very welcoming mm-hmm. and friendly. So mm-hmm. it's not like they weren't. I think it was just like us as newbies, like yeah. you had to get adjusted. But people wanted to let you in and bring you and talk about this yes. with you. Yes. Okay. And then was there anybody that you were eyeing? Natalie? The guy in the blazer. I remember you talking about him. I I don't think I ever even got near him. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, because there was one person I saw at the pre-party that I never saw again either. I mean, there were like, what, 200 people there? 250? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like it, though, because it was so spread out. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know where they're hiding out. That's true. They could have been like in another room that was not where you were. And some people come, when they come as a couple, we notice some of the couples come, they have sex, and then they leave. Yeah. They didn't really engage with other people. Well, there were two types of couples. I think couples that had maybe been before. And it it seemed like one couple we talked to was their first time, and they kind of did their thing, then left. But other couples that maybe came more often did that the first time, but then the next time got like eased into it a bit more and then eventually got to the point where they were like doing their own things. Yeah. It does seem like a process for couples who go that they're not necessarily always open to the idea of playing with other people, but they might, they're, they want to play with each other in that space. Right. And whether they move beyond that and start playing with other people is, you know, each individual couple does something different. But it was yep. interesting to see that yeah. spectrum. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Now, before you went to the party, Natalie, you showed me your new underwear because you were really <laughs> proud of your new underwear. Let's say at the party, someone came up to you and said, can you show me your underwear? Do you think you would have done it? 
Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would have been like, okay. And I feel like, I don't think like, anyone would have even said that. No. Like, it felt like mm-hmm. that wasn't the way, like, the conversations were happening. That's how I thought it was going to go. Right. And it was actually a lot more normative than that. <laughs> I think if you wanted to show your underwear, it was kind of on you to strip down and show yeah. your underwear. And then that would open the conversation. I think if someone came up to you when you were fully in a black dress, it would have been invasive to be like... Show me your underwear. Yeah. And actually, I kept wondering when people were saying, you know, everyone gets naked. It's like, what, how does that, what does that look like? And yeah. why does everyone get naked? But now that I've been, it makes sense that like when you take your clothes off, you kind of invite everyone to let that wall down with yep. you. Yeah. But I also, like, people did stress, like, a lot, and I saw this as well, is, like, you didn't have to do anything. Mm-mm. This was all up to you and your comfort level. You could strip down 100%. You could wear, like, a bra and underwear, boxers, or you could be fully dressed. Yeah. As we maintained. And no one, like, no one, like, gave us, like, shit for being, like, fully dressed. But we also didn't necessarily invite the attention as much. That's true. That's true. It's... Yes, you can totally just blend into the background at a sex party, or you can come out and do your thing. It, that's kind of the nice thing, right? You have the choice, right? An option, and to maybe do that. it's one of those things. The more you go, the more you gradually ease into it. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of our takeaways from this whole experience? Because I would definitely say it was an experience for all. <laughs> <laughs> so many. So many. I think one thing I found interesting was I think my expectation was kind of all or nothing. Like when I asked, like people asked me about the party, they're like, are you going to have sex at this party? And it was yeah. never like, oh, maybe like we could like lightly like make out or like all this like middle ground, which people started to expose me to as we started talking to them. They were like, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. There's many different variants that you can go for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the other the other striking point was the community aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more you're part of the community, the more comfortable you'd be participating and just engaging with other yep. people in the room and um the community really fosters that. So mm-hmm. it seems like something where if you go a couple times, you meet more and more people, it becomes more and more comfortable. Totally. I I mean piggybacking on that um, community aspect, we spoke to a couple who said, well, we're going through something in our relationship and we find that when we come to this sort of community, people are understanding of it and they can give us advice about where we're going through. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because I think a lot of couples go through these, um, an evolution in their relationship where they're kind of going outside of non-monogamy or non-traditional and they don't know who to talk to. Yep. And this is the perfect community to talk to. And it's funny because you wouldn't think that this would be like a place where yeah, you can like, like a therapy. Ch- chat <laughs> therapy and session. talk to people. But I think that was also something that we found is like, yeah, there were the people having sex. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there were people that were just like chilling near the cheese and like yeah. having conversations that felt more just like a party. It wasn't like all, again, it wasn't that's all or nothing. It was very tons of different middle ground yeah and you could literally just come get your business done and leave what business (laughs) (laughs) Business. get whipped get tied (laughs) learn a little something i think if you network for a job network yeah objective (laughs) a lot of people network but if you were curious about let's say like rope bondage i think this is like a great place to come and and be 
an intern, you know, like, hey, can you show me? Well, you how can to observe do that? too. Yeah. You don't have to do anything, like, which is also really nice. Well, and I will say, even just being part of the Facebook group, I read some posts about rope bondage, whatever mm-hmm. you call it. Um, and then I was interested in it and I looked for it at the party and I saw some people doing it and I was like, oh, okay, so this is what it looks like. If I was interested in doing it more, this would be a good place to continue yep. talking to people yeah. about it. Yeah. And I think like what also another takeaway is obviously like being open, like this is definitely something that isn't necessarily like the norm, mm-hmm. but everyone there definitely had a very open perspective. They like a, a lot of them talked about like how it changed their views on sexuality yeah. and just like not making it necessarily a transactional thing or like necessarily a ton of emotions, but it could just be a fun act. Yeah. So I think that was all really interesting. And also, I mean, to me, like I was definitely expecting it to be more of like a singles meat market. Right. And it did not have that vibe at all. At all. Well, then we went to Harper and Rye afterwards, <laughs> which was <laughs> such a different environment because we left okay. around 1 a.m. and we didn't get to the point where uh, Peaches said, you know, at some point there's no horizontal space. Everyone's vertical. I, we didn't get to that point yet, <laughs> but we will be back for one of these parties again. So we decided to go to Harper and Rye. And the minute we walked in, all three of us were like, wow, this is such a different vibe. We need to like get reacclimated to like just a typical bar. Typical bar <laughs> where everyone's closed and there's no like... I, I don't know, when the clothes are off, you just don't feel like there's like intimidation and in talking to someone. But when the clothes are on, you're at a bar, everyone's just still like to themselves. But right? more people approached us at Harper and Rye than at the actual bar. That, that's, oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but there's something about like at a sex party when sex is always an option, it kind of takes the pressure and the attention off of sex. Yeah. But when you're at a bar where sex may not be an option, it makes it kind of a focus. Definitely. Right? It's yeah. so weird. It was weird. It, it was, was re- right. We had to like reacclimate. Yeah. Because it was a totally different vibe and world. And yeah. And that's why it was weird when those guys came up to us. We did get approached more at Harper and Rye because then we were, to me it was like, oh, the underlining purpose is you want to have sex. <laughs> but then if we were at a sex party and someone came up to us, I'd just be like, oh, you're curious to get to know me <laughs> because we could end up having sex. It's a different vibe for sure. So would you go back to a sex party again? Yeah. Yeah, I would go back. Um, what would you do differently next time? Well, I think I'd want to go with someone who maybe was interested in engaging a little more, mm-hmm. um, maybe even as a couple, because it did seem like people were a little more interested in going dealing with couples. So I think that would make it easier to have sort of a partner in crime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It became clear that you should probably hang out with these people, not necessarily at the sex party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when we went to the the happy hour before, we were able to meet people and that was more comfortable with those people in the sex party. And if mm-hmm. you go to the events and get to know this, the group of people that you're going to the sex party with, that would just facilitate more yeah. activity. Yeah, for sure. And just like openness and just comfort. Definitely. Yeah. But that's what... 
anything. We say it on our podcast all the time. If you want to meet someone outside of online dating, you just have to do an activity where you see the same people over and over again. Right. Because that's where the attraction builds. And I think a lot of people give like go to something and they're like, oh, this wasn't great the first time, never gonna go back. Yeah. But like we talked about with everyone here, like their expectation is like the first time you're just not gonna you're, do anything. Yeah, not. So it's kind of like even if like you join like some like I don't know, like rec sports league. Like maybe the first time isn't great, but you should just like keep sticking it out and seeing if like the relationships can build. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Anything else? Any other takeaways? It was definitely a new experience and I appreciate you guys getting me there. (laughs) Cross it off that bucket list. Yeah, (laughs) and here's a clip of you in the Uber coming back from the sex party. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) We're in an Uber back to the city. What was something surprising that you saw tonight? No, you know, I guess maybe almost in that it was less graphic and shocking than you might think. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of pornography, and uh, this wasn't anywhere, you know, near the worst thing I've ever seen. And so maybe, maybe the lack of shockingness to it. <laughs> you didn't get to show anybody your underwear. I know. Maybe you'll get some tonight. You're all like revved up for something. <laughs> Put that underwear to good use. All right, Thank so. you, Natalie, for doing this experience with us. Bye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> all right. If you guys are interested in attending some play parties or sex parties, definitely reach out to us. We can connect you with the right resources, especially with the Oregon House. They're huge and they're ex- extremely welcoming of new people and if you just want to get in touch with us in general listen we always talk about getting feedback on dates we want feedback from you guys that's what, how we can improve the show that's how we can move the show forward so please reach out to us okay and on that note stay dateable we want to thank Oregon house again for allowing us to record this event and just so you guys know these events are private and require you to complete an application with referrals before attending if you're interested in this community that is normalizing non-monogamy and sexual exploration, visit organhouse.org. Your action item for this week is to explore your curiosity. Make a list of all the things that you've been curious about, whether it's sexual or not, and make it a point to cross at least one of them off your list this week. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with datable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. 